everyone. You are now listening to the Parkrun Adventurers podcast. My name is Scott. My friends call me Scotty. Hi, Mel. Hey, Scotty. How are you doing? Oh, a bit sore, a bit tender. It's self-inflicted pain. I've got no one to blame but myself. Time to suck it up, princess. Let's have some news. <laughs> One hundred and forty-three thousand two hundred and sixty athletes participated at seven hundred and ninety-three parkruns held across fourteen countries this parkrun day. Twenty-six events were cancelled worldwide. Five of those in Australia. There were twenty thousand two hundred and six first timers. Southbank event director and previous guest of the podcast, Gareth Saunders, celebrated his five-year. Directiversary at Southbank Parkrun's 200th event on Saturday. Gareth is Parkrun Australia's longest serving event director. New South Wales Parkrun regular Eloise Wellings brought home gold at the recent Australian Road Running Championships, held as part of the Sunday Mail City Bay Fun Run in Adelaide, South Australia. Multiple event teams experienced technical issues with uploading the run data from their stopwatches and barcode scanners this week. Fortunately, for all parkrunners concerned, Support was on hand to advise that they should turn their computers off and on again, and all issues were resolved. Parkrunners were spotted having adventures at the Twilight Bay Run in Queensland, Trails Plus Surf Coast Hell Run and Run Maroonda Fun Run in Victoria, the Eurobilla 56k Trail Run in South Australia, and the Beach to Brother Marathon on the mid-north coast of New South Wales. Two of Parkrun Australia's Territory Directors, Silpa Palmer from New South Wales and John Storey from WA, participated in the 43rd BMW Berlin Marathon on the 25th of September. Neither Silpa nor John were available for comment. However, it is widely thought they were lured to Berlin by the $1 million prize purse to be split equally between the top male and female marathoners. That or they both secretly harbour the desire to join the 8,000-odd inline skaters who compete over the marathon course the Saturday before the running event. And love was in the air at Toowoomba Parkrun in southeast Queensland, where third anniversary celebrations and the Flower Festival became the backdrop for a marriage proposal. Parkrunner James Hogan proposed on bended knee to girlfriend Liz Worrell in front of more than 300 parkrunners during the pre-run brief, offering a freshly picked tulip that had been fashioned with wire into an engagement ring. Liz said yes. Love was in the air around parkrun this weekend. You've got a bit more on that story from Toowoomba. Yes, indeed. So... A lot of people might be a bit confused about why the engagement ring was a tulip that was wired up, but apparently James had organised a bit more of a shinier edition that wasn't quite ready at the jeweller in time for Parkrun Day this weekend. So Liz is actually a florist and the Botanic Gardens in Toowoomba at the moment are having the Festival of Flowers. So I believe James got to park run a little bit early and snuck in and snaffled himself a tulip to turn into the engagement ring, which I think is very sweet and very romantic. Also, because it was the anniversary, there were heaps of people around with their cameras and their phones, and so video footage was taken of the proposal, which is very cute, and some pictures, one of which has actually got uh, a couple in the background that are watching on happily as James does the proposal, and that couple is Amanda and Tony Worsley. Now, these guys were originally from Gatton Park Run, and they actually also both met at Park Run and got married earlier this year. And they've got a parkrun baby on the way, which is very cute. So there's parkrun babies and weddings and love going on all over the place at parkrun at the moment. So tell me, Mel, Amanda and Tony are Gatton parkrunners, but they were adventuring to Toowoomba for the proposal. Yes, they were. They, they well, I'm, I'm not sure it was for the proposal. I would say they may have been adventuring there for cake. Uh, Tony's actually a run director at Gatton, but they're, the pair of them are quite the adventurers. They spend a lot of time 
running together and running at different park runs together. They, um, well, Tony proposed in March this year, just before he went down to Canberra for the half marathon. And then, of course, they did Ginandera Park Run while they were there. Uh, they got married at Palm Cove in August and popped in a little visit to Cairns Park Run while they were there for their wedding. Um, and it was actually at that point that they announced that Amanda is 13 weeks pregnant. And they've they've put out the fact that, well, other people were beginning to notice that her times were slowing down and things like that. But they um, have joked about adding an extra line to the volunteer sheet for anybody who wants to push the park run baby in the pram. And so they're very appreciative of their wonderful extended family at Gatton Park Run. It'll be a celebrity baby. A celebrity parkrun baby. Yeah. Lots of love happening at parkrun. I tell you what, my weekend, I'm falling out of love with the trails. I had a race. Oh, I no. Had, yeah, I had a night race on Friday night. Really excited about it. Thought it was a cool idea to get dressed up in a bit of neon, put on my head torch. And, As you do. Yeah, go running at night. 15 kilometres, managed to fall over three times. Drew blood. <laughs> and just starting to think that this trail running business is not for me. What did you fall over this time? Some rocks. Who knows? Fell over three times, so there's a few <laughs> things. There's a root at one stage. <laughs> and um, I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh. But you clearly are. Oh so. dear. So what did so but what did you break your fall with? First time my shoulder. Amazingly that's it. No scuffs on my knees, which is a good effort. Okay. Yeah. Because last time you, you you twisted your hip around or something and you couldn't keep continuing, so you did your DNF, but you managed to finish this one. I did. My time dropped way off because I was absolutely scared of falling over a fourth time. <laughs> because it hurt so much the first three times? <laughs> or just because it doesn't become embarrassing until it's four times? Embarrassment started to creep into my mind. Um, <laughs> but here's a pro tip. If you are going to do a night trail race, make sure your head torch has got fresh batteries in it. Because I think that was part of the problem. Didn't actually have much light to see where I was going. Hence tripping and falling over three times. Yep. You know, picking your feet up works well with that too. Yeah. I do have a running style that where I'm sort of permanently planted to the ground as well. It's been commented that I shuffle and don't run. So this may have contributed to it as well. But you live and learn. But falling out of love with the trails, maybe you just need to spend more time there on the daytime. Maybe. It's heating up, so we head to the track over the next couple of months. I'll fall in love with it again are you next year. Are you really going to buy spikes? Thinking about it, yeah. How do spikes work on a track? Because isn't the track hard? Do the spikes like dig into it? How, how does is it is it like one of those those mats that you have for craft and you cut it with a knife and it just seals itself up again? You're asking someone who should know, and I don't. Well, if you're going to buy some shoes, <laughs> I would expect you to know how to work them. Can you wear them golfing? Well, I've already got golf spikes. Well, maybe you should just wear those to the track. No. 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 I just wear them cool. out to social occasions now. <laughs> when you're not playing golf. Yeah, because they're, they're nice looking <laughs> shoes. But we had we had a fancy do a couple of months ago and I realised as I was getting dressed, I didn't actually own fancy shoes. So we polished oh, up no. my golf spikes. Can, can you take the spikes out of them or did you have to click clack around? Well, that's it. No, you can't take the spikes out of these ones. And when we walked into the venue, it was a polished concrete floor. <laughs> Everywhere I walked, people knew I was coming. Did, did you not think? Did you not think people were going to notice that you had spikes? I sat down, like a lot even that on night. a carpeted floor. Yeah. Well, what, what, what would you do? I had. It was like a. It was a formal occasion. I couldn't rock up in my runners. Normally, I would. I yeah. I don't know. I I think. I'm not sure that spikes is less embarrassing than runners in a formal do. Oh, I would probably call in a favour and try to borrow some shoes from somebody if I didn't want to buy some more. It depends on what time the discovery is made. Probably about 15 minutes before we were due there. 
<laughs> so that was that part of the problem familiar. as well. <laughs> oh dear. I reckon our next guest owns a pair of spikes. Should we have a chat to him? Let's do that. Let's have a chat to one of Sydney's fastest park runners and new dad. Joining us on the podcast this week is Thomas Ducanto. Welcome, Tom. Hi. Thanks. Thanks, Scott. And congratulations on becoming a new father. Thank you. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, all, it's all happening. Very busy at the moment, but um, yeah, loving it. Does it interrupt your training? Uh, I've been pretty lucky so far. Um, he's, so far, he's, he's sleeping pretty good. Uh, I help out a little bit. Lana, um, uh, I, I do one of the feeds, like Lana will express him some milk. I'll, I'll do the first feed uh, normally about midnight, and um, then I'm back to bed for the rest of the night. So I get up I get up early, get some running done before work in the morning. So, you know, so, so far, so good. It hasn't really interrupted me need too much with the running. Lana's been really good. She's obviously taking most of the responsibility with taking care of the little guy. Would you say you're in good form at the moment? A couple of weeks ago, you came second at the half marathon at the Sydney Running Festival, a second at City to Surf. Are you having yeah. a good year running? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I've, I've been able to string, string together a, a good solid few months of training prior to City to Surf. And a little bit more before the, the Blackmore's half, so um, and things are still ticking over well. So um, probably in the best shape I've been uh, for a long time, if not ever. So yeah, things are going well. So you're a bit fast out on the normal courses. How how fast do you run at park run, Tom? Well, it varies. Like I um I'll use it as like a good a good sort of hit out on on a Saturday morning. Sometimes it's just part of training and. Um, and just trying trying to um, like like a bit of a tempo sort of effort 5k, which is a good place to do it. And um, I guess I, I run anywhere between, on average, like 15 to 16 minutes. Uh, I'd like to when, when I'm when I'm get when I get quite fit again, I'd love to try and run um, uh, get get another PB at Park Run, um, so under sort of 14:30 sort of pace. Have you ever heard a thought about having a crack at the national record? You're so close, Tom. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I think it's fourteen twenty, Scotty. Um, where Scott? Uh, yeah, I, I would like to do it. I was, I was just thinking the other day where, where, what course here in Sydney? I'd, I'd try and have a crack at it. I, I think either uh, maybe Parramatta or or Rhodes Park runs. Um, I, I've been doing the Rhodes one uh, a bit more recently, and I really like that one. It's nice and flat, um, not not very windy, sort of well well covered. Yeah, so maybe even I'll have a crack at the. At, at, trying to get close to that at Rhodes in, in the next few months. You discovered Parkrun at St Peter's. You also discovered something else there. You met your future wife through Parkrun. So you have a Parkrun baby. Yeah, 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 Parkrun baby. He did his he did his first um, Parkrun. Lana took him in a stroller a few weeks ago, actually, at Parramatta Parkrun. Um, he cried half the way, so I don't think he liked it too much. But, <laughs> but yeah, he's been out there. Yeah, I met I met Lana at um, at St Peter's Park Run. Um, yeah, five five years ago now. I, I did Park Run in in the UK a, a couple of years prior, so I knew about it. And then I saw St Peter's opened up a Park Run. I was like, yeah, great, I'll go do that. And uh, I think it was only like my third one. Um, Lana was doing um, scanning, and uh, I, we had a little chat at the end, and and. Thanks to Facebook, we sort of connect on Facebook and started chatting and then started dating. And then yeah, the rest is history. Got married not long after that. So so the story here is if you volunteer, you'll find love. Exactly. So I, I knew she was a very caring sort of girl that she wanted to sort of, you know, out there. It was raining. It was pouring rain. She was out there doing this. Like, oh, you know, it helped that she was um, a pretty good looking girl. <laughs> Oh, that's very cute. So you said you had done a park run overseas earlier before you, you happened across St. Peter's in Australia. You, you've done quite a bit of adventuring around in a couple of different countries and states in Australia. Can you tell us about some of your adventures overseas? Well, I was, I was, I was living in London for about 10 months and um, I was living in, in Southfield. So um, Southfield... They've right next to Southfield is Wim, uh, Wimbledon. So we, I was, my home park run was 
Hamilton Common Park Run, um, and it, it it was it's awesome awesome running around there. Um, sort of really really bushy and and, and traily. Uh, sort of I could jog to the start of that in five minutes. Uh, since then, I found out that there's there was literally probably about four park runs within running distance from where I was living. What well, Lana's parents live in in Richmond, so. Um, every time we go, we've been back there a couple of times, and every time we go back there, I should, we try and do some park runs. Um, so Richmond Park Run. Actually, last time I was there, I was I think I think I was off the, that, the Richmond record by about a second. <laughs> I was, yeah, so I'll have to go back there and try and try and get 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 that one next time we're there. And and uh, I guess the last trip last year we did a U.S. trip, so through the southern states, a road trip and. I think the only there's not many park runs in the U.S., but we saw there was one in San Fran. So when we were there, we um we were able to fit that in. That was that was pretty cool. You've also run at Bushy Park, the home of Park Run, and you got a first finish there. What was that like? Yeah, that's right. So that was on yeah one of the trips as well. So one weekend Richmond, the next one Bushy. Yeah, it was it was awesome. I really wanted to do it because obviously that was the the original, um and, and just ridiculous. Just so many people. It's huge. It's good that the start is just this huge, open, wide field because there's so many people. Um, so no, it was, it was dead. It was great, De- dead flat. So it's it definitely, a definitely a very quick course, and um, good atmosphere just because of the amount of people. And I mean, at the end, you know, at these park runs here, you've got maybe, maybe sometimes a couple of scanners. There's like funnels, like multiple funnels with with, with multiple scanners, and it's, it's a big, it's a big setup. They need a lot of volunteers. Um, for, for, for that one. What about your top three? We always like to ask our guests if they've got a favourite top, top three. Top three. Yeah. Um, definitely, definitely St Peter's. It's my first one here, first one here in Australia doing that. I really, really enjoy St Peter's. It's got this, um, this hill uh, in it that everyone talks about um, and it's, it's a real killer. It's very steep. Not, not long, but it's just a killer of a steep hill in the middle of the course. So that's really number one. Uh, I, I enjoy Parramatta. Parramatta, I'd probably say pa- Parramatta and Rhodes two and three, just because I met, uh, like I made lots of friends, and and it's a nice community feel, and and sort of they're, they're the other regular ones we go to now, and um, every time we go, you know, we catch up with people, and um, they're nice courses, they're flat, they're scenic, and so yeah, that'd be my that'd be my three St Peter's, Ara, and um, Rhodes. And so what's on the agenda for the future, you you've just done a couple of fast runs. What what's the next big event you've got planned? Um, I've just entered the, um, the Melbourne Marathon on the 16th of October. So first road marathon. I'm a little bit nervous, but um, training's been going well. And I thought, you know, while training's been going well, I'm not injured. I may as well try and have a bit of a crack at a at a marathon, see what I can run. So yeah, that's. That's the next. That's the next one. First road marathon, you say? So you've done trail marathons or ultras before? Um, I did earlier in the year. I did six foot track marathon. So that's forty five k in the Blue Mountains. And won uh, it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I won it. I was that. That's probably. That's, I mean, yeah. I, I love that race. That was. That's such a cool run. I mean, I heard about it. Uh, you know, in the running circles, um, being a, a really good one to, to, to run, challenging, and I've done it in train. Just I've done training runs up there um, years prior, so I thought, yeah, this year just see, see how I went, and I was so stoked to win. Um, yeah, it was great. Well, Melbourne's very exciting. We get to see the debut of your first road marathon. Have you got a goal time? Yeah, I. I'm not putting too much pressure on myself with times, but I would. I mean, considering the the, the PB and the half, and 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 hopeful that I, I I convert well. I mean, I think I am more suited to the longer stuff. So I don't know. I, I think I'd be happy if I could get under 220. I, I'd be happy if I could run a bit faster, say so closer to sort of 218. Um, I'd be happier. So yeah, like. I think realistically, I should be able to run under two eighteen if I have a good day. How how do you train for something like that? Like, just you just tell your legs to go faster, and they do because mine disagree. It's 
just a, yeah, it's just the training. It's just like the variety, and then and then you move to speci- uh, the specificity when you get closer. So I still do intervals and and short hill sprints and stuff like that. Um, so shorter stuff, working on like pure speed, and then and then you try and convert that speed into the longer stuff. So doing like tempos, like longer runs, but at a, at a really high effort, and then just the long long runs, and and then like. Now I'm doing long runs and then inserting towards the end of the long run like a fast tempo, so trying to run fast off like fatigued legs. So it's hard. It's really hard training for marathons, but um, but um, yeah. So what kind of pace do you do your long runs at then? I like say a couple a couple of weekends ago it was like two uh, three three forty five minute pace and um, say for example yeah the long run I did it was like four minute pace and then I did. Um, 8k at, at 310 pace. Okay, so that's on the fatigued legs going fast. Yeah. Wow. So, so a 218 marathon would be um, three minutes 16 pace. Okay, that's 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 good to put it in that um, kind of frame of reference because, yeah, working out the maths <laughs> not always easy when it's those lower kind of numbers. <laughs> Melbourne's the national championship. Yeah, it's the national champs. Um, there's no apparently no pacemakers, but there's going to be um, there's going to be some, yeah, some good Aussie runners get, coming to have a bit of a crack. Um, but yeah, so it, it should be a really good race actually. Um, I think Dewey Yoa, one of the good Victorians down there, he ran like a 103 half in Gold Coast. Um, he seems like he's in hot form, so he'll be he'll be hard to beat any any of us guys. But um, yeah, it, it, it'll be good. Hopefully, a good pack will form. Hopefully, a good, a good pace. Can I ask how? What I know that lots of people um, talk about having paces at events where they're going this fast, and I don't know. The paces must only do small sections of it to maintain that pace. But how how is that of benefit to you guys? Like, don't you have watches? Can't you just do your own pacing? I think it's a mental thing. Uh, I mean, you don't have to. You don't have to think. I mean, when you're trying to pace yourself and look at a watch constantly and re- and sort of readjust your pace and it's a little bit tiring um, to, to sort of do that physically maybe but I think mostly mentally so if you just got someone there in front that's doing a good job at pacing you don't have to think you just all you have to do is sit and sit on them and so you're sort of just sitting behind them or running behind them you may even get a slight wind break if you're running that fast, even if, if if you're sort of close behind them or other runners, you get if it's windy, you do get a little bit of a, a wind break, a bit like cycling to a much lesser degree, where you're just not exerting as much energy. And is that the same mentality with like joining a pack? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, if you're out, if you're if you're in a pack, it just seems like much you're exerting much less energy than than if you're out by yourself. Hopefully in Melbourne, like there's going to be at least sort of six or more in a pack, and and that I think that will definitely make it easier for for all of us to to run faster. If we can like take it in terms like people can sort of want to go to the lead, and then and then so you can sort of tuck in behind someone else, and if you're feeling good, you might want to sort of push the pace a bit, and you can go in front, and then other people can just sort of sit behind, sit off you behind you, and yeah, it tends to. And I, I might even try and contact some of those guys before and just see what paces they're going to go at, so we can try and work together to try and get a faster time potentially. So a lot of the guys will be probably trying to get um, world champ qualifiers for next year, London um, uh, London Athletics, world champs athletics. So. Very cool. It's interesting to learn about all this, this head of the pack stuff because obviously I've never been there. <laughs> <laughs> You get in your own packs, though. Surely you get, you know. Yeah, not really. I'm kind. I'm kind of a pack of my own, right at the back. Maybe people just need to join me. (laughs) You wouldn't be getting any drafting off me, though. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you for for clearing that up because I did always wonder about the paces and things like that. Yeah. Apparently, they haven't invited any. International athletes, which um, uh, probably, which I think is a good thing. Like, I think, I think, although we might have been pushed to a faster time, um, you know, it means all that prize money and and the racing is sort of up to us. It'd be nice for a local guy to to win it. That'll be good as well. Must be a weird feeling racing for prize money. 
Yeah, it's not there's not much money in running. So no. when when you get yeah, when when you get races like this where they do put a little bit of money, it, it, it's nice if we got a shot at um at winning some. So it'd be awesome. Well the international yeah, stuff. Like, yeah. Keep the money in Australia. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's it. Good <laughs> eye. Tom, thanks for coming on, sharing your story. That's Lucky fine. and love at Park Run and good luck at Melbourne in a couple of weeks' time. Thanks what thanks for having me on. We're heading to the ACT now to have a chat to the event director of the newest park run in that territory. Her name is Sally Coyle. She's the ED at Burley Griffin Park Run. Sally, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. How are you enjoying being the new kid on the block in the ACT? Oh, look, it's actually been really fabulous. I've really enjoyed it. And of course, I mean, we speak to lots of EDs over the last couple of podcasts and everyone seems to have the same sort of answer it's it's really quite life-changing <laughs> and I never really slept in on a set day anyway and I was probably at a park run anyway so not much has really changed I love it <laughs> and where did park run start for you then um well it was interesting actually because I work at the Heart Foundation and must have been late last year uh, I got a call from our office in Perth saying that we had a chap that had signed up to fundraise for the Heart Foundation who just happened to be running from Perth to Brisbane. And, of course, we all know that is Gary Wilmot from Canning River. And uh, Heart Foundation Perth said, do you mind going out to your Gun Garland Park Run, which is one of our other local park runs here in Canberra, and meeting and supporting him and, you know, giving him a bit of a pat on the back? And I thought, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, no problems. I'll go out there and do that. And, of course, I'd heard about Parkrun because my CEO at work had participated a few times and he'd been raving about it. And I am a runner, but I thought, hmm, I might go out there. So I went out to Gungarlan and met Gary, who has size 15 feet. That was pretty amazing. And, um, yeah, participated in Gungarlan Parkrun. And it was just, it was so fabulous. I really enjoyed the inclusion and the fact that everyone clapped at the beginning and we got to find out where people were from, tourists or the rest of it, and, uh, and I really quite enjoyed it. So I thought, oh, I might have to go and see what the, my local one's all about. And so I've got a park run near me, Tuggerong. So the next weekend I went down to Tuggers, as we call it, and I was just I was blown away how fabulous it was. I really, really enjoyed it and I love what it stood for and – I think week two, I ended up sending an email off to Parkrun uh, support office for Tuggers and I said, look, I just really like what this is about and can I get involved? And at that stage, one of my um, good running friends, who's now one of the run directors at Burley Griffin, we said to each other, wouldn't it be great to try and get a Parkrun set up more centrally? And so I met with Gary and Gareth and I suggested to them how fabulous it would be to get a park run around Lake Burley Griffin, which is our main central lake here in Canberra. And um, I think the guys were a bit hesitant because they'd had a few other people approach them about trying to get a, a park run set up around Lake Burley Griffin. And Canberra's a little bit unique because Canberra's owned part of the, uh, the area around Canberra is federal government land and other parts of our land is local government land and a lot of the uh, paths and everything around Lake Burley Griffin are actually owned by the feds and so I think a few people in the past had approached Gareth and Gary trying to get a park run set up around that side of Burley Griffin and I think they, we just knew that it's, it's near impossible to try and get permission to run around that part of the lake and it's already a very busy part of the lake so and of course that's not what park runs about we want to try and you know get people into a newer part and, and more inclusive so my girlfriend and I Jen decided that we we're going to go and scout another location and we came across another part of Burley Griffin that uh, it actually it's almost perfect out and back 5k and it's a quieter end of the Burley Griffin Park and uh, I, I put that to Gareth and, um, Gareth and Gary. And so Gary and his wife, Denise, decided to do a recce the next week just to see if I was actually telling the truth. And they came back saying, this is fantastic. It's got great parking and it's got beautiful views of Black Mountain Tower and it's, yeah, it's very much worthy. 
But, of course, the issue now is that we have to try and get funding. And unlike other locations, Canberra doesn't have local councils. We just have one local government that looks after 350,000 people. So to try and get funding was our next drama that we had. So um, Gary and myself pretty much did the pitch to the local government and they they heard about Parkrun and they loved it, but sadly there was no money. So eventually we ended up getting a local sponsor and, yeah, pretty much now it's all history and we're, we're running Parkrun at Burley Griffin. <laughs> um, on a personal level as well, I... Actually, I've been running for about, um, I don't know, seven years. I used to be a, a dreadmill runner at the gym and um, my husband's in the army and so we got posted to America. And, uh, whilst we were over there, I had a, a, a local military person approach me to see if I wanted to join one of the Marines in an obstacle course run and uh, I'd never actually run outside and I kind of didn't think I was worthy to be a runner. So we... Uh, we joined in this 10k mud run and it was so much fun that that got me into running outside and uh from then I sort of learned to uh well taught myself to run 21ks and did a half marathon in St Louis and then we did another army 10 miler run in Washington DC and because we were living on an army base the soldiers used to do a lot of running uh, and cadence running around the base and, of course, when you see the movies, uh, like all the army movies where you hear the, the drill sergeants singing, you know, doing all the cadence drills, I don't know if I've been taught and all that sort of thing, and they really do it. And so we were allowed to join in on these runs and, you know, participate. And it was really quite interesting trying to run in time because it's all left, right, left, right whilst singing. And, um, yeah, I, I developed this love of running. And, yeah, that's pretty much how I, <laughs> A, got into running and B, got into parkrun in a nutshell. <laughs> Sally, can I just take it back to Lake Burley Griffin, the location? I was in Canberra yep. last year and we stayed in the city, if that's what you call the city. And one thing that stood out yep. to me, that there was nobody around on the weekend. <laughs> like, do people actually live around there for you to draw on the parkrunners? Mm, good question. Canberra is renowned for its suburbs, so per se, there's not really many people living in the centre of Canberra. There's obviously a few apartment blocks and all that sort of thing, but most of Canberra, it's kind of been, the infrastructure's been built around the city and it's probably about, I don't know, 10, 15 minute drive for most people to get to the city where the suburbs are. Um, so having said that, anywhere in Canberra is only 20 minutes away. So we tend to get, um, we probably get quite a few people from um, suburbs that were previously travelling maybe 20 minutes to get to Tuggers Park Run or 20 minutes to our Ginandera Park Run, but there was nothing in between. So now people only have to travel 10 minutes to get to the Burley Griffin Park Run. And probably the good thing about Canberra as well, because everything's only 20 minutes away, we can be tourists at lots of other locations, but we really only have to go 20 minutes. <laughs> that makes sense. It does. And I'm guessing this led to your massive launch of 435 <laughs> people. That's pretty daunting yes. for a first event. How did you handle that? Well, Gary Clark, Mr. Canberra Park Run, was sensational and provided so much support. And we kind of knew we are expecting big numbers because our Facebook, we launched on Facebook that we were going to be starting it. And I think within a week we had a 1,000 likes and then we decided whether or not to actually put out an event request or an event invitation, that's right, on Facebook, just to get a bit of an idea what numbers would be like. And I think we we're getting something like 350 people RSVPing. And then, of course, that's not including people that aren't on Facebook and people were talking about it. So we were expecting, and I was secretly hoping that we'd smash the Canberra record, which we did. Of course, it's not a competition, but it secretly is a competition. And, uh, yeah, we got 435. And can I just say, it was a freezing Canberra winter's morning. We'd had rain two days and in the lead-up, the morning of, it was drizzling and we still got 435 people. We had um, actually had car park volunteer marshal attendance on the day just to organise parking and I think we had 30 volunteers on the day so we were extremely well organised. 
That sounds to me like you guys have been starved for too long for a new park run. <laughs> I think you're right. I was going to say it was interesting because Tugnarong normally sits at about three to 350 people. Even in the middle of winter, they get big numbers down there. And for the first time ever, I think uh, Tuggers came in that day at 80 people <laughs> and we had 435. So we had obviously a lot of Canberra Park Run tourists coming over and, and joining us. But, um, yeah, it was certainly rather epic. What kind of numbers has your event sort of settled into now? You've been going for about six months, is that correct? Um, yeah, what are we up to, June, July, August, September? Actually, we've only been going for about three and a half months. We started mid to late June um, and we kind of, the idea was that we thought it would be nice just to learn how to do everything in the middle of winter because, of course, numbers are going to be really quiet in Canberra over winter. And for the first couple of weeks, we were sitting, I think, about 180, 170, and then we've dropped off to about 80 when we had rain. We've had quite a few rain weekends. And um, I think we're averaging now about 140. But having said that, the weather is starting to warm up a bit, and each week we're seeing about 10 to 15 more people each week. We tend to get quite a few actual tourists, interstate and overseas tourists as well, which I love. I love doing the um, the event brief and finding out where everyone's from. That's almost one of the highlights of my my role. I just love it. <laughs> well, that's because you're a bit of an adventurer yourself, Sally. You've done a few <laughs> events. Have you got any highlights out of those? Some a top three, perhaps. Um, well, my in-laws live in Brisbane, and so I'll, at Christmas I'll be going up to to Sanford where they are. So, Mel, I'll have to uh, find out what's the closest one to Sanford. We actually went to Noosa last year for the school holidays. In fact, it would have been this time last year. And um, it was so funny. We turned up to Noosa and we'd left Canberra. I think we flew up from Canberra a day earlier and it was, I think we left in minus three. And, of course, we got up to Brisbane and it was 18 or 19 degrees and then we went up to Noosa the next day and did park run. And I think people were wearing gloves, I can't remember, and it was, I, I think it was 19 degrees and it was at 7 a.m. And we were wearing shorts and T-shirt and I don't know if you guys, well, Mel, you've probably done Noosa, but it's pretty hilly and we were struggling because <laughs> it was so hot compared to what we've been used to. So Noosa was beautiful. That was a really nice uh, place to visit. And then my parents live in Geelong. So we've done park run at, I think it's pronounced Ballyang, down in Geelong, and that's lovely. That's probably a little bit similar to Burley Griffin in the fact that you follow the, uh, well, they've got a river, I think, that you follow the river around and you do an out and back, and that was pretty flat as well. So that was that was a bit of a highlight. And we went to New Zealand for Easter, and we had very good intentions of doing a, a park run either in Wellington. I think they've got two in Wellington and one in Dunedin, but we just couldn't quite make our uh, flights work and it was going to cost us $600 more so that I could do a park run in Wellington and we thought that was just being a bit cheeky so we didn't end up doing one there sadly so yeah I would probably think Tugnarong that was probably my original favourite here in Canberra that's got a terrific community feel so uh, of course your own park run comes in automatically at number one but maybe two three and four is Noosa Bellying and then Tuggers. <laughs> Okay, so this brings me to another question. You've only got four events in the ACT, but you've only done three of them. Why haven't you been to Ginny yet? I know, I know, I know. Um, do you know what? By the time I sort of got involved in Park Run and wanted to experience everything, I had to shadow the run directors down at Tuggers to learn how to do everything, and I kind of ran out of time. <laughs> I am going to go and do Gin and Dara, I promise. Gregor and Sally over there. I've met them, e-met them on Facebook, but I know I've never been over there. And, in fact, they had um, a flooding. I know a lot of other park runs have had flooding in the last couple of weeks, but Lake Ginandera actually closed a couple of weeks ago because of the rain they had. So not to say that's why I haven't been over there, but I will get there, I promise. It's just terrible that I haven't done theirs, I know. <laughs> Thanks for pointing that out, Mel. <laughs> Sally, it's been a long time. For us to have a chat to someone from the ACT. So thanks for coming on and sharing your stories from Lake Burley Griffin. Terrific. Thank you for having me. Come down and visit us in cold old Canberra, although we're warming up now. 
Let's skip over to Twitter and social media now. It was a big week last week on Twitter, particularly in the UK, following on from our interview with Danny Norman. Hi to all our listeners in the UK. We hope you come back again this week. We had more listeners in the UK than we did in Australia this week. We're going to call that the Danny effect. Once again, we had our Parkrun Adventurers out on Instagram on the weekend. Run Joe Run, Hey TJ, Mama of Hope, Heather's Happy Snaps, and Akuz. All the females love Instagram this week. Over to Facebook and we had a lovely comment from Nicole about our new segment that comes at the top of the show. She is loving Parkrun Adventurers news. Thanks, Nicole. That puts a little bit more pressure on that we have to try and make it good every week. So cheers for that. Tox having a great adventure over in the west. He was running alongside Geograph Bay, listening to the pod and watching a pod of dolphins. Life was pretty sweet for Tox. Did you see the picture with the dolphin fin, the dorsal fin of the dolphin sticking out of the water? I did, yeah. That's pretty cool. We see whales a lot where I live but um and and I keep hearing people saying oh we were surfing with the dolphins today or we saw dolphins and I never see dolphins obviously I'm at the beach at the wrong time my daughter saw it and she said I want to go there for our next holiday (laughs) well I think we're going to WA sounds good and we need to give a shout out to Devonport and Shepparton Park Runs because they shared our post during the week thanks guys loving the love Catherine Jones has set a school holiday challenge in the Parkrun Tourism Group. She wants everyone to tell everyone about your holiday freedom runs. And so I believe, Ka- yeah, I believe Catherine uh, did a partial freedom run of the Burley Griffin course, coincidentally. So she's in ACT with her family at the moment. And Melissa Ellis was park running at Victor Harbour Park Run in South Australia this weekend. It was park run number 99 for her and number 49 for Paul. They'll be running at their home parking next week for their milestones at Barrick Springs. And tell me about Vincent Liu. He's a Zoolander who's doing the double. Oh, well, after we recorded the news, I found out that there is a park runner out there or at least a Zoolander, pretty sure he's a park runner, who did the double at Berlin Marathon. He did the inline skating marathon on Saturday and he backed it up on Sunday with running the marathon as well. How impressive is that? Now, I don't know if you've ever been to Berlin, but I'm pretty sure the last time I was there, I noticed cobblestones. How does that even work with inline skating? Maybe they avoid the cobblestones. Really? Like 42.195 kilometres around a city of that age and they can skip all the cobblestones. Who knows? I find that hard to believe. We need to get Vincent on the pod and he can tell us all about it. There's a challenge for you, Mel. (laughs) There's a challenge for me. Yes, hunt down Vincent and find out the story behind the double, the Berlin double. Challenge accepted. We have no launches in Parkrun Australia this week, unfortunately, but we do have anniversaries. So where are we going for some cake, Mel? Well, if you scoot on over for your holiday before the next Parkrun day, you could go to Champion Lakes in WA and have cake for their first anniversary. Great name, Champion Lakes. My dog's called Champion. (laughs) And you could also head north to Hamilton Island in Queensland who are celebrating their first anniversary as are Petrie. I can't believe these events are both a year old already. I remember their launches like it was yesterday. Not that I was at their launches, but, you know, you tend to remember the ones that are launching close-ish by you or at least in the same state. Time flies when you're having fun. But one thing those three events are doing... They're celebrating their anniversaries on International Parkrun Day. Which is the birthday slash anniversary of Parkrun in the world. That's a bit special. Yep. And we're a bit excited because we're going to have we're gonna have our Channel 4 news team at Bushy next week for the anniversary Sending coverage. Yeah. Yes. Very exciting. Stay tuned for that. 
In other exciting news, it's time to go to our Strava art competition. There's been a lot of contention, a lot of, uh, how do I put this nicely? Debate. Rigorous debate. debate. Discussion. <laughs> Let's use those D words. Um, yeah, it, it may have got heated at some points. Um about who actually is the winner of this competition. Did we guarantee that we would announce the winner this week? <sighs> we, well, we, we prom, well, I don't know if we used the word promise. <laughs> I think we might have used guarantee. Well, if we did, that sounds like something you would have said, so I'm not going to be held responsible for that. So the wash up is we're not going to announce the winner this week because we can't decide. Well, each of us can decide. However, we can't agree. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put it that way. And since there's only one prize for who comes first, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to throw over to to an objective other. Which will be next week. Which we will <laughs> guarantee next week we will announce the winner. We just yes. need a bit more time to discuss it. Well, well, to submit the top three that we have to to the powers that be, so that they can decide, and and we might get those powers that be on the podcast, so they can announce it as well, and therefore get rid of all the blame or finger pointing at us, if and or when the participants would like to um, enter into what do they always say in competitions? No correspondence will be entered into <laughs> once the winner is announced. Maybe we should make that disclaimer now. Um, it has been amazing. The, we have had so many entries and they have just been fantastic. And this is why we're having a problem. And we thought it would just be easy, you know, that you could figure out. It, it would be obvious who the winner was. But we have had such fierce competition and people getting out there and, and trying attempt after attempt and refining what they're doing like they've become these experts at Strava art so um it's it's definitely an indication of the high caliber of entries that we've received that we're having so many difficulties in figuring out who's going to win it's fair to say we were surprised with the amount of entries and the quality of the entries um we just thought it'd be a bit of fun a bit of an excuse to get out and Try your hand at Strava up. but and we've learned some things along the way too, haven't we, Scotty? We might we about might... running competitions. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and about creating rules at the start, and not even just that, but Strava art competitions. You know, I think there's a little bit of scope for us to have another one of these, but with different boundaries. Let's say a little bit more creative license allowed to participants in the future so we can get some really wild and wacky stuff would you agree i would i would yeah we will do it again definitely good we agree on something yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's nice let's finish the podcast there shall we <laughs> okay you don't want to hear my word of the week oh of course dazzle us so one of the well, one of the flow-on effects of having Danny on the podcast last week is we were introduced to all these UK listeners who, who love the UK podcast and were being introduced to the Aussie podcast, as it seems. Now, there are some differences between the UK people <laughs> and me. Yes. <laughs> and um, it's something it, – it's – my word of the week is equanimity. Do you know what that one is, Mel? Um, I don't off the top of my head. I can have a guess. Go on, please explain your educational podcast word of the week. To describe someone or something as equanimity, you are suggesting that they are mentally or emotionally stable, especially under tension or strain, calmness. Okay. So, what others may perceive as lazy and laid back, 
some may perceive as calm and emotionally stable. <laughs> <laughs> do you know where I'm going now? I do know where you're going now. So are you are you trying to say that you're calm and emotionally stable? I like to think of myself in those terms as opposed to lazy and laid back. What's wrong with laid back? Or asleep. <laughs> Well, that's so laid back, you're horizontal. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> laid back is, is a term that we often use to describe ourselves in Queensland, and it is, it is nothing to be ashamed of. No. I, I might actually get offended if somebody called me calm when I was trying to be laid back. Well, now they can describe you as equiminous. <laughs> I think I'm pretty lucky in that I managed to avoid being described at all. So, nice way to fly under the radar there, me. <laughs> and that's not an invitation, guys. So, let's just, yeah. So, say the word for us again because I'm going to have to go look this up just so I know how to spell it. Equanimity. So, equanimity, is that not the state of being that? And yes. if you are that, you're equanimous. Well, then I'm not so sure about. That's that. <laughs> I might have made that bit up, but yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for educating us, Scotty. It's always a pleasure to hear your podcast words of the week. So we've had three weeks of it. I think we might have. That might nip it in the bud. We might have to oh, come up with another already? one. Already? Yeah. Okay, we're going to have to go back to not being an educational podcast. What are the other categories we can aim for that we should aspire to? We could we could totally throw in some random new segments to to qualify for other categories. You know the most popular podcasts, uh, the crime podcasts. You know Serial, that was a really popular podcast. Ooh, <laughs> how can whoa, what can we do to qualify as a crime? Podcast? We might we might finish the podcast next week just reading out the um, crime report. Or we could just, no, we should start a whodunit. We should totally start a whodunit. Almost me singing. You're gonna to have to cut that part out. Oh, that's going in. That's going <laughs> no, in the end. It's not. <laughs>